G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. On a Friday, we like to check in with Bill Muhlenberg, Christian cultural commentator who has been giving some thought this week to pastor's kids. Have you ever heard that expression, if children are well behaved, they must be pastor's kids. If they're badly behaved, they must be pastor's kids. Well, let's talk about pastor's kids today. Some things that can go right, some things that can go wrong. Bill Muhlenberg, welcome back to 2020. Great to be here, Neil. Uh, Bill, pastor's kids, they don't have it easy and there are certain expectations on them. You've been writing about them this week. Mm. Yeah, well, it can be a different kettle of fish. I mean, sure, in one sense, every child of every Christian is, uh, you know, have their issues, but certainly PKs, as we call them, or MKs, uh, missionary kids, or simply any Christian leader, any uh, well-known Christian personality that's quite in the public eye, uh, there can be a lot of pressure on the kids. You know, there's expectations that the kids will follow suit and uh, be superstars like their parents. But uh, a couple of things I try to address in this recent piece. One, uh, sometimes it doesn't always go that way. Sometimes the kids go off the rails. And then on the other hand, sometimes, you know, there can be a clash between the public persona of the parents and uh, you know what the kids see at home can be a different thing so a lot of issues do arise here there's a certain sense isn't there in which pastors kids can be pointed in the right direction but hey they've got their own free will and mm. they're navigating their own life working out what's true and what's right and what's wrong and in some sense you've got to give them that little bit of extra leeway to perhaps even make their own mistakes any thoughts here yeah well a lot of issues arise the old saying that god has no grandchildren Right. Uh, we don't just pass the faith on from one generation to the next. In fact, each generation needs to be evangelized afresh. So just because you're a Christian and may have been a long time, that doesn't automatically mean your kids will be Christians. Sure, they might go through the motions when they're young to keep the parents happy. But yeah, as you say, they got free will, uh, you know, and we know of all kinds of stories of kids who did go off the rails, sometimes denied the faith or got into very sinful lifestyles, even in spite of having some very famous Christian parents. I guess it is most hurtful for the parents when you've got children who actually renounce their faith, the faith that they were raised in, and in some sense that may even be used as a little bit of weaponized way of getting back at parents when there is some disconnect or bitterness within the family and so that that's particularly hurtful for for pastor parents yeah quite right and i know of some of these personally and listeners probably do as well 
In my article, I do mention one fairly famous example of this, a very sad example, I guess, but uh, most people know of Francis Schaeffer. Him and Edith Schaeffer had the wonderful ministry, Labrie in Switzerland, did so much for the gospel, for apologetics, for bringing the faith to uh, culture. And yet, uh, well, he had, I think, three daughters and a son, his son, uh, Frank, sadly, uh, well, you know, he was very early on very much involved, even helped to make some video series with his dad. But then he, he, well, pretty much left the faith, got very embittered, very angry, and wrote a whole book uh, basically attacking his parents, his faith. You know, said, you know, my parents were crazy for God and they were almost con artists and, you know, it's just a nasty work, which, uh, you know, would kill any parent to have a book like that come out. Uh, one of the associates that people know of Schaefer, Oz Guinness, he lived at Labrie for a number of years and he actually thought it was such a horrible book. He did a review of it in Christianity Today some years ago and said, you know, this was a scurrilous attack on Francis Schaeffer. You know, do not take what he said in this book at face value. He's done more to harm the reputation of Francis Schaeffer than anybody else. So that's a pretty extreme example of how one child can really, uh, well, abandon or renounce their upbringing, their faith, their parents, and really go on a public attack. Oftentimes there's criticism of ordinary parents, especially if they are workaholics and they Mm -hmm. don't do what that fatherly typically duty is in spending time with family. Uh, Workaholic ministry parents has Mm -hmm. its own toll and sometimes uh, that affects children in a significant way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, If there's kids who go off the rails, uh, sometimes, well, sometimes, you know, the parents may have something to answer for. So uh, a second, I think, pretty famous example I include in this article is, well, somebody, perhaps his name is not known, but everybody knows, you know, World Vision. Everybody knows of Samaritan's Purse, at least Christians do. Both were founded by Bob Pierce. Uh, so you think, wow, he's, he must have been an amazing Christian, an amazing father. He founded World Vision, did all this work for kids around the world. Well, here was a case of uh, a daughter who also wrote a book, <laughs> but this time not so much to attack uh, her father, but to simply say it was it was tough, it was hard. She said, well, look, in, in many ways I was neglected. Uh, you know, Bob Pierce was away 10 months every year doing all this great work around the world with World Vision, Samaritan's Purse, helping so many. But in this case, of course, the the family suffered, the kids suffered. So she wrote a book, you know, still loves her father, didn't uh, attack him like uh, Frank Schaefer had done. Uh, so wrote a, a, a biography of him, but it includes warts and all, you know, the, the heartache, the loneliness that she felt. Uh, you know, where's my dad? He's not here. He's been gone for months on end once again. So, uh, you know, that can be the other side. And um, as I said in my piece for a long time, 
the Christian priority list pretty much went like this, God, ministry, family. But I think uh, of late, a lot of people have recognized that a much more biblical list of priorities would go like this, right? God, family, ministry. In other words, family should uh, actually take precedence over ministry. If you lose your family or alienate them, what good is your ministry going to be? In fact, there's a lot of warnings in the New Testament, uh, certainly at least about elders and the like, uh, leaders and Timothy and Titus. Uh, if you don't have control of your own household, how can you be good in the ministry? So it cuts both ways. You can have kids for whatever reason, using their free will, leaving the faith, attacking their families. But sometimes you can have, you know, godly, loving Terrific parents fully up and into ministry, but sadly at the neglect of their own family. So there's, you know, give and take on in both sides of the equation here. Bill, you give a little bit of attention to that very popular proverb, uh, raise mm. up a child in a way he should go, and when he yep. is old, he won't depart from it. Uh, yep. Wonderful wisdom from Proverbs, but not necessarily a promise that some people think. Yeah, well, it's um, it's quite common, of course, to claim this passage and you know say, well, here's the promise, I claim it, I believe it, and it's so. Although, as I've written in other places, and certainly many others have as well, certainly any Old Testament scholar, the Proverbs as a whole are not necessarily meant to be ironclad guarantees or promises, but more or less general principles of living. Uh, you know, sometimes you will find that they don't work out. In fact, if you look carefully at the Proverbs, sometimes you'll find, uh, you know, Proverbs that conflict with each other. So if they were both absolutes, they certainly couldn't be conflicting. So the idea is these are not ironclad guarantees, but general principles, generally speaking. If you train up a child and, you know, keep them in prayer and all the rest, hopefully that'll keep them on the straight and narrow. But there will be exceptions, just like to all the other Proverbs. So, uh, again, a lot of parents can beat themselves up, think, wow, you know, I did everything right. I love my kids. They've gone off the rails, and Proverbs says they will not depart. What happened? You know, they can get quite uh, a lot of guilt and a lot of condemnation when, you know, hey, you may have done the best you can. As we said early on, uh, free will enters it. Kids can make up their own minds. Not every child will stay with the faith and with the family. So, uh, sure, it's a great verse to keep in mind, but, uh, well, we have to take the rest of Scripture, which does talk about the importance of each person being responsible for his or her choices. A reminder that things can go wrong and often do. Families coming under attack, even from within. It reminds us, Bill, of a spiritual battle that we're in. And if you are in that sort of battle, it becomes a distraction to the ministry that you were trying to fulfill. There's a challenge here for everyone who's a part of a local church who has a pastor and they have a family to keep them in your prayers. No, absolutely. Uh, in fact, even more so. Sure, we all need prayer, but our leaders, our pastors, ministers, 
missionaries, uh, they are, as you say, in intense spiritual battle. And uh, I guess another part of the equation, as we do pray for our leaders, is what can often be a un- unhelpful situation where we tend to put them on a pedestal. We tend to elevate leaders to such high heights that nobody can really breathe that kind of rarefied air. Nobody can live up to those standards. And so if we forget that a leader is just as much a human as anybody else, well, it'll be even tougher on them to lead. And when and if they do fall, you know, the crash will be even greater. We'll be so shocked and disappointed. Wow, how could this guy fail? How could he fall? Well, again, every one of us are fallen, finite, fallible, uh, even if we're saved by God's grace, even if we've been walking with him for years, uh, we're all still human beings who who need God's grace every moment. So, uh, yeah, we see leaders falling, often pastors going into sin and so on. So all the more reason why we should be reminded, let's keep them especially in our prayers. Well, the article we're talking about today, and I'll point listeners to it, on rebellious PKs and related concerns, talking church leaders and their families, you'll be able to find it at billmuhlenberg.com. Check out some of the other articles Bill has been writing this week too. Uh, Simply Google Culture Watch, one word, to find billmuhlenberg.com. Bill, thanks so much for sharing your insights with us once again today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.